This is the City of Refuge, Thomaston, Georgia, Sunday morning podcast. But uh, I'm going to be reading this morning from Lamentations chapter 3 and uh, then uh, towards the end in Psalms chapter 51. If, um, if you want to... Uh, Turn to those verses or open up your phone and find those verses. Uh, I know that I've started using my phone or an electronic device more than more than my Bible this morning. Matter of fact, I uh, I got my briefcase up and I got ready to go and and um, I, I have a, a very specific Bible that I usually keep in my briefcase so that I that I have it with me um, in, in there and it's not the one that I read or I study from. But I, I looked in there this morning and my Bible wasn't in there and I thought, well, where did where, where did I leave this Bible at? And then I started looking for it, and I, and, and I still haven't found it. But uh, but then I thought, well, I've got my phone, you know, because that's where I do most of most of my reading and, and studying from now. And um, you know, it's a it's a resource that uh, that we should really use to the fullest, because um, sometimes I listen to scripture, sometimes I read scripture. Uh, there are commentaries that I can go in and read, and I can uh, go in and find you know all sorts of information. And Sully, uh, a few I don't know four or five months ago, talked to us about using technology when we're doing our Bible study and doing our scripture and uh, how, how we can get these, um, you know, the verses sent to us. And, and you know, and, and it's, a, it's a great resource, and I would encourage you to, to use every resource available when it comes to your study time and, and you know, being consistent with it. Because it, consistency in our study is very hard sometimes. It's hard for me sometimes. And, uh, but, but find a way and be determined to, to get in and to have that study time. So in the book of Lamentations, uh, it was written by the prophet Jeremiah, and uh, it was written in a, in a time where, where the, the nation of, of Judah was, was in a time of, of mourning, the whole nation was. J- Jeremiah is known as, as the weeping prophet. But he was a prophet during the time of the exile, uh, exile to, to Babylon. Uh, and about 200 years before this, the, uh, the northern uh, country of Israel had been invaded and taken over by the Assyrians. Just to give you a little bit of, uh, little bit of background here. And there had been multiple prophets who had come in and who had prophesied and had told, the, told Israel that you, you, you've got to repent, you've got to honor God, you've got you've to listen and do what's right. You've got to live up to your part of the covenant. And, of course, they didn't. Israel had this pattern of following God and then rebelling against God and following God and rebelling against God and, and rebelling against God. And then they had a series of kings that, that come in that were unrighteous. And God used the, raised the Assyrians up. You might remember that uh, Noah um, went to uh, Nineveh to uh, preach to the Assyrians. N- not Noah. What am I saying? Um, Jonah. Went to the uh, went to the um, to the Assyrians and and uh, and preached and and they repented and God raised them up and they were an instrument of judgment against the uh, northern kingdom kingdom of Israel, and then you still had the southern kingdom uh, of Judah, and uh, during this time Judah would have uh, would have a, a good king and then they would have a, a, an unrighteous king and and it was back and forth kind of the same way. But Jeremiah was, was one of the prophets who, who foretold of, of God's judgment that was coming and God's judgment that was, that was going to be just utterly come in and destroy them. But 
during the, the book of Lamentations, Jeremiah also points out and, and reminds us and reminded them that there was going to be a time of restoration, that there was going to be a time where God was going to bring his people back and there, were going to be, there was going to be forgiveness and there was, going to, there, there was going to be a time where they were going to be able to enjoy their relationship and their walk with God again. And, and one, of, one of the verses in Lamentation that, that, uh, that points this out is in Lamentations chapter 3. And verses 22 through 24. So before I, before I read this, this, this week uh, when Jeff called and asked if I could be on standby for this morning, and, and I started thinking and I started you know, praying and just contemplating on, Lord, what would you, what would you have me share this, this week? And, you know, and, and, and I don't often get just, you know, I'll, often I'll, I'll get a theme or there'll be something that I've been dealing with or something that I've been going through or something that, that I've been studying that I would come in and I, and I would share. But, but this one was a little bit different. This, this week when he called and, and, uh, and asked me if I'd be on standby, you know, as I started talking to the Lord and saying, okay, Lord, I, I want to, I you know, get your message across. You know, it, it, it was the word mercy. And and I and I thought, okay, God, mercy. I, I can I, I I'm very grateful for your mercy. I'm very grateful for your grace and your compassion and your mercy that is that is enduring forever. I, I, what what do you want me to say? What do you want me to what do you want me to communicate to everybody this morning? And uh and and the thing that come and the thing that, that was on my mind and on my heart is God's mercy and God's grace doesn't always look like we think it's gonna look. It doesn't always come packaged in the, in the package that we're expecting. It doesn't always show up in our life in a way that, that we think that it should. And so I want to share with you this morning and talk with you a little bit about, about God's mercy. I, I've heard uh, a couple of sermons over the years about how favor isn't fair. And, and some of those sermons would be uh, from the standpoint of, of God blesses us when we shouldn't be blessed. And then also I've, I've heard sermons preached how, how favor isn't fair, how we have to walk through and we have to go through stuff. But even though God, the favor of God is on our life and we're not expecting it, we have to go through stuff sometimes and we have to walk through stuff sometimes. And it's during those times that God begins to shape us and form us and mold us and make us into the individuals, to the, to the men and women of God that he wants us to be. And you know, the, the wonderful thing is, is that process never stops. It's an ongoing process. As long as we have breath in our lungs, God is, is wanting to speak to us and shape us and form us and make us and mold us and push us into, in, into his will for our lives. Matter of fact, this uh, two weeks ago, Brother Herring, uh, I think it was two weeks ago um, in, a, in the men's class, Brother Jimmy Herring said, I was reading the Bible and I saw something I've never seen before. And that made me excited. You know, the more I've thought about that, I, I thought, you know, he, he's been serving God all of his life. He's one. He's one of one of our uh, one of our elder um, members of the church, and he has been a, a, a you know an example for all of us. And he's saying that he is seeing stuff in Scripture that he has never seen before. And I thought, God, that is so awesome. That is so good that there's 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 still stuff that you can show us that we don't sit down and, and read the Scripture one time and, and have it all together. That as we as we read and we and we grow in our relationship with Him. He begins to reveal new stuff to us. And it's not, that, it's not no, so much that it's new stuff. It's just that it, it's, it's stuff that our, our understanding hadn't been opened up to before. And it's like we receive revelation of, of some, or some understanding that we didn't have before. And that is exciting stuff to me. And uh, when I sit down and I, and I start to read,
read the scripture and I start to spend time in prayer, you know, that's what I'm, that's often what I'm, what I'm hoping. God, open my understanding and help me know you more. Let me see a better picture of who you are. Let me, let me experience you in, in a, in a deeper depth than I've ever experienced you before. And, and, and sometimes, sometimes during my personal time, God really shows up. And, and, and this week, a couple of times he did. He really showed up in, in my personal time with him and my devotion time with him. Now, he, I, I can't say that, and when I say God shows up, I want to, you know, part of what I want to talk about this morning is that, is that God is there, that he's in the middle of everything that we do, every place that we go, every thought that we think, that he's right there in the middle of it, right there with us. So I'm not saying that God's, you know, you know, God, by saying that God shows up, that he's not always with us. God is always with us. But sometimes we just experience him in, in, in a way that we don't always experience him. And, and so when, when, the, when I have those times that God just really shows up, it just it gets to be overwhelming. And, and I hope that, that, that each of you have those times where you just where you sit down and you, and you have your devotion and you begin to dig into God's word and you begin to worship with him in, in your personal time and, 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 you, and you feel and experience God and you receive revelation from the, from the scriptures. There's nothing like that in, in our walk with God, being encouraged personally with him. Amen. But in Lamentations chapter 3, during this time where, where the, the nation of Judah has just been carried away, the nation, uh, they, they, they did it in three different, at three different times. But it started around 586 B.C. And they come in and they, they took the, uh, the first group or the first wave of people out. And this would be, you know, the, the people that were thought of as scholarly people, the wealthy people, the rich people. They come in and they took them away. And, and during this time... There, the, the whole nation was in mourning. They were beginning to see the judgment of God come upon them. And, it, and during those times where, where, and during this time where, where the judgment of God was coming, God seemed far off and distant. But Jeremiah in Lamentations 3 says, The faithfulness, or in verse 22, he says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends, his mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin fresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. You know, this is one of, one, of my, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, talking about the mercies of the Lord being new every morning, day by day. And, and, and it's almost, you can, you can picture the mercies of God in our life like the sun rising in the morning. You know, like every morning as the sun comes up, it's a, it's a picture of God's grace and God's mercy in our lives, how it's fresh and it's new. And, and because we as, as Christians, uh, sometimes there's the, uh, there's the thought that, that, that once, we, once we're saved, we're, we're there, we've arrived. You know, we, we have, have made peace with God and we can just walk through our life, but, but we still struggle day in and day out with the things of the world, with our flesh, with sin. We, we still struggle day in and day out. And I'm glad to know that God's mercies are new day by day, morning by morning. First, we see in, in, in this passage that, that God's great love for us, it, it never fails. God is faithful in his love for us. God's love is everlasting. It endures forever and ever. In the, in the book of 1 John, it talks about how Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he never changes. His love, his steadfast love never changes. And if, if, if we say that we have no sin, the scripture tells us that we deceive ourselves. Even, even, even as we walk through this Christian life. 
we still struggle with sin. We still deal with temptation. We still deal with old stuff. We still deal with, with stuff that from our, our history that, that wants to come up and come back in. And as Pastor says, that when, when, where he says that he believes in replacement theology, when we, we take something that's, that's bad on the inside and we, we develop and, and make that re, our relationship with God and it pushes out that bad as God's coming in, well, when, when we don't do our devotions and we don't worship and we don't do all those things that we know we need to do to nurture that relationship with God, there's always going to be that struggle for that bad to come back in and push out the, the, the walk that we have with God. There's going to be a constant struggle back and forth with us trying to, trying to, to, to live. But see, it's not, about, it's not about how much I'm able to do. It's about His mercy and His grace. Because even, even when, when, when I struggle, even when I fall, I know that I can, go by, I can go to God and I can repent and I can ask God to fill me once again, to forgive me for, for my sins. But, you know, God's mercy and God's grace doesn't, doesn't always look like we, we think that it should. Think about the Apostle Paul for a minute. Apostle Paul had the Emmaus Road experience. He uh, had this encounter with Christ where this bright light shone down and, and Jesus spoke to him and he, you know, he's blinded and then he is, uh, spends time in, in, tra in training, if you will, but years and years pass by as he's, as he's developing his relationship with God and he's growing and God has given him these revelations and he begins, you know, eventually begins to start preaching. That's where God's mercy and God's grace should be, right? If we're, that's the way that we think as, as humans in, in our understanding that if we're walking in the things that God has, has for us, that, that the way is going to be made and it should be easy. It should be laid out in front of us. But I tell you that, that Paul didn't, that was not always Paul, Paul's experience. Paul tells us in, um, in Philippians that he knows what it's like to be hungry. He knows what it's like to be naked and that he's learned to be content in all situations. In Corinthians, Paul tells us that five times he received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was pelted with stones. Three times he was shipwrecked. He spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've con he was constantly on the move. He's been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from uh, his fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at the sea, and in danger from false believers. He said that he had labored and toiled and had often gone without sleep. He has known what it is to be hungry and to go without food and to be cold and to be naked. Does that sound like God's mercies and God's grace showing up in his life? Does that sound like the, 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 the picture of some, that, that we have of somebody who's, who's blessed and highly favored and walking in God's purpose and in God's plan? What about Mary? Remember Mary had the encounter with the angel? The angel comes and he says, Greetings, you, are, you who are blessed and highly favored. Yeah. She, got to, she, she was chosen to be the mother of the Messiah. She was chosen to be Jesus' mother. She watched him grow up. She taught him 
how to spell, how to, how to do arithmetic. She picked him up when he fell and was hurt. She comforted him when he was upset. She was blessed and highly favored. Imagine when, when, when he started his, his ministry and, and, the, and, and the miracles started. He was raising people from the dead. She's blessed and highly favored. Imagine as he's, he's feeding the crowds. So he's teaching in the synagogues, blessed and highly favored. And then he's arrested. And he's beaten. And he's unjustly tried. And he's taken to the cross. And she's blessed and highly favored. See, for Mary, it wasn't just the Messiah. It wasn't just Jesus on the cross. This is her baby. It's her son. Blessed and highly favored. See, uh, on the cross, that, that was... That was God's promise to her. That was God's purpose for her on the cross, being crucified. It didn't look like what she thought it should look like. See, the Jewish people, they were expecting their Messiah to come to, to reign in the, the, the kingdom of God and to reestablish the throne of David. And it was supposed to be a big celebration. God's mercy and God's grace in her life didn't look like what we think it should have looked like when she was waiting by the cross. But three days later, God's mercy and God's grace. It took time for her to be able to see God's plan. It took time for her to be, be able to see God's purpose. And so our perspective is very important as we're watching God's grace and God's purpose in our life. Because we're not always going to see things go in the way that we think that they should go. There are going to be speed bumps and roadblocks and things along the way that are going to try to stop us. Jesus himself said that we, would be, that we would be hated, that we would be mistreated, that we would be persecuted. I'm very grateful that we don't, we don't live with great persecution in, in, in America, but around the world, Christians are persecuted all over the world. God, God never, never said that it was going to be easy and it, that the roadmap was going to be laid out in front of us. So we have to maintain an, an eternal perspective as, as we're walking through God's grace and God's mercy. We have to maintain an eternal perspective. One of the, one of the, one of the stories from the Bible that I, that I enjoy and is one of my favorite stories from, from Scripture that, help, that, that I think about sometimes and I remind myself of when I'm th trying to think about keep, keep an eternal perspective. Don't, don't focus on here and now because here and now is not always easy. Here and now sometimes we're, we're going through court battles. 
Sometimes we're, we're trying to work out custody stuff with our kids, and it's not easy. And, it's not, it, it, and there's no reason. We don't get a reason for why we're having to go through this stuff all the time. Sometimes here and now looks like a, a cancer diagnosis. Sometimes here and now looks like I've lost a job. Sometimes here and now looks like I, I can't pay my bills this month. Sometimes here and now just it's really frustrating and aggravating. And, and we're looking for God and we're wanting to know where he's at and where, where, where is this, this sunrise? When is the sun coming up on my night? When is the sun coming up so that I can, I can receive these or I can see God's grace and God's mercy fresh and anew today? One of, the, one of my, favorite, my favorite passages or my favorite stories from Scripture is, is, in, is in the book of, I think it's 2 Kings. And it's the story of Elisha. And uh, he's, been, he's been telling the, uh, the, um, the, the king of Israel where the, where the other kings are setting up to come in and, and to fight with them. And, and so as, they, as, as they're doing that, Israel is going there and, and they're defeating and destroying them. Well, the, the king gets uh, upset and wants to know who's telling the king of Israel where we're going to be at, who's, who's, who's giving away our plans. It looks like we have an ins- somebody on the inside. And, they, and, uh, and his, his people, his advisors told him, well, it's Elisha. Elisha tells the king of Israel what you whisper in your bedroom. And so, he, uh, so, the, so the king sends people out, uh, his soldiers out, to go and to destroy and to, and, and to kill Elisha. And early in the morning, the scripture says that Elisha's servant goes out and he sees this army all around them. They're all surrounded by, by the army of their enemy. And he, and he turns and he says, Elisha, what are, what are we going to do? Paraphrasing, of course. What are we going to do? They're here. They're going to they're kill us. We're, we're going to die. They're, they're, they're all, everything's coming at us all at once. What are we going to do? And Elisha didn't get upset, didn't panic. He just walked over and, and, and looked and he prayed, said, Lord, open his eyes. Let, it, let him see what, how things really are. And as, and as the servant began to see how things really were, he saw that, he saw that there was, that there was a, a massive army uh, of God that surrounded them and that was there to protect them. And, then, and the Assyrians were, 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 were blinded, and, and God caused, blind, caused them to be blinded in confusion. And then, then Elisha you know, let them out and was able to, to get away without any harm. But you see, a lot of times we, as we're walking through stuff, as we're, as we're going through stuff in our life, we focus on just what's right now around me in my circumstance. But we have to hold on to that God is in the middle of it, that God is right there. Sometimes we, we, we find ourselves in a, in a situation, and I talked to somebody this last week who, who said, I, I keep making dumb decisions, I keep doing dumb things, and, and then bad stuff happens, and, and then I think that it's, it's God's judgment against me, and, and I'm, I'm having to go through bad stuff because I've made bad decisions. You know, sometimes we do reap, well, we do reap what we sow. But see, this person was, a, was, was talking to me from the standpoint of God's punishing me because I, I didn't do what I, I was supposed to do. I, I, I messed up. I, I gave in. I, I failed. I, I sinned. And now I'm being punished because of, because of it. And there, there was no room for, it, it didn't appear that there was any room for grace in that conversation or any room for mercy in that conversation. But it wasn't much longer. It wasn't but a, a day or so had passed. And I, I talked to this person again. And, and uh, this person was saying how, you know what? 
God loves me. Doesn't matter what's going on around me. God loves me. His, his grace is sufficient. You know, the Apostle Paul, he, uh, he prayed three times for, for, this, for this thorn in his flesh to be taken from him. And God's response was, my grace is sufficient for you. Sometimes we're going to go through stuff. Sometimes we're going to live with stuff. We don't, we're not going to understand. But God sees the bigger picture. God sees the bigger picture, and he's in the middle of it, and he knows exactly where we're at. He knows exactly what we're going through. He knows the exact emotions that we're having. And all he wants us to do is, to, is just to cry out to him and to cling to him and to focus on him and to grow in him and to worship him and to devour his word and to open ourselves up and allow the Holy Spirit to come in and just push out all of this stuff and all of this junk that we deal with, all this baggage that we, that we carry around. You know, just about every time that, that a pastor calls and, and asks if I, can, if I can take time to, to share or I, I, can, I can handle one of the services or teach a class, as soon as I tell him yes, one of the first things that happens is, why are you doing that? Don't you remember what you did? Some, sometimes it's something 20 years ago. Don't you remember this, this mistake that you made? Don't you remember this, this sinful thing that you did? Don't you remember how you didn't honor God? How can you stand up and, and teach or preach and, and knowing what your history is? All I can say is His grace and His mercy is sufficient. I started agreeing. I started saying, yep, I messed up. Yep, I was wrong. But His grace and His mercy will carry me through it. And you have to hold on to that, church. You have to hold on to his grace and his mercy and know that whatever you're going through, that he's, he's there. He's in the middle of it. Now, on the, on the flip side, sometimes we're more religious than we should be. Sometimes we, we don't want to see God's grace and God's mercy extended. Sometimes we don't want to see God's grace Extended to, 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 to that enemy of ours. You know, Jonah didn't want to go preach to the Assyrians. That's why he fled, because he didn't want God to forgive them. He knew that if he went and he preached and he shared the message of God with his, with his arch enemy, with the Assyrians, that God would forgive them if they repented. I think of the Sadducees and the Pharisees who were, who were always upset with Jesus because he was hanging out and eating with people who were sinful. He was hanging out with prostitutes and sinners, and, he, and they, they always had something to say. It's very possible that sometimes in our religiousness that, that we, don't, we don't really want to get our hands dirty in the lives of, of people who aren't already saved. We don't want to get down in the ditch with somebody and pull them up. See, it's a long process. It's not a short, easy process. It's not an easy fix. It's not an easy fix. I, I listened to um, a podcast this week, and I, and I just want to encourage you guys to, to, to get in there and to listen to the podcast. 
there, there's a lot of good stuff. And, and on, men, on Wednesday nights, if you're not coming in, uh, on the, to the Wednesday night class, I love on Wednesday nights that we go back over and review and talk more in depth about the Sunday morning services. It, it's a great time of, of fellowship, but it's also a great time of discipleship. And I encourage you, if you, if you, if you can, to, to be there for that because it is, it's so good. It's so rich. But this week I got to listen to Anton again. And I was, I was so blessed. And, and, and Anton's given his testimony, so I'm not saying anything that he hadn't already said. But sometimes you just got to get down in the ditch with people, don't you? You got to get down to where they're at, regardless of what they're walking through. Sometimes we got to get our clothes a little dirty. We got to be willing to just put our arm around somebody and walk along beside them. We've got to be patient. See, we don't always want the same mercy and the same patience that God has extended to us to be extended to other people. And now, now we might not think that in our, in our minds, but our actions say that. See, we, we lose patience with people real quick. If, if we're not seeing the progress and the result that we want to see in their life, if we're not seeing the, the relationship with God that we think should be there. But see, there... Oftentimes, people are busy walking through the process where, where, where all this junk and all this bad stuff is, is all filling this God-shaped hole that they have in their life, and, and, they're, and they're taking baby steps. They're, they're, they're taking, in, taking in the milk, and slowly but surely, there's just a little bit of progress, and, and some of this bad stuff is being pushed out, and the good stuff is coming in, but it, it's slower than we think that it should be. See, we often think that, that God's grace and God's mercy and, and, and somebody's experience should be just like ours. We, we think that it should be a, an all of a sudden, that, that quick. Now, salvation, salvation comes, and, salva- and, and, and I'm not saying that, that you know, when, when we pray and we believe that we're, not, that we're not saved, but I'm just talking about the, the growing up in your faith a little bit. Growing up in your faith and becoming a, a mature Christian. Sometimes it takes a lot of faith, it takes a lot of patience on our part. I'm glad God was patient with me. I'm glad God was patient with me. I want to I want to look at Psalms chapter 51 now. You know, this is uh I I would say that this was probably in the aftermath of one of David's most difficult times in his life. And, 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 and as I go through this psalm, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through the whole, the whole uh, psalm this morning, but, it, but as I go through this and I think about my own life and I think about my past, and I, and I look at the lives of other people, I can almost hear the accuser in the background in David's mind. I can almost hear him making the accusations against David. Who, who do you think you are? Do you really think you can be the king of Israel? Do you really think you're a man after God's own heart? Do you really think that you can worship God and your relationship can be restored? Do you really think you're fit to lead the other people in, in worship to God. This is after David, the story of David, David and, and Bathsheba. This, is the, this is, was written 
shortly after that. David says, Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me, clean me of my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion and it haunts me day and night. It haunts me day and night. Day and night, David's being confronted by, the, by, the, by his enemy. Not, not, not the Philistines, not, not, not any of those other nations. He's being haunted by the enemy of his soul. He's being haunted by, by the enemy who would come and, and would destroy him and would, would drag him off to hell. He's being haunted and tortured at night because of his, because of his sin. I used to think that, that this was all just, he, you know, he, just, he, he was just being repentant. But after, after, uh, after my personal experience when, when, when God is, or when I'm, when I'm asked to, to speak, I, you know, and I start to be reminded of all this stuff, I can only imagine that, it, that, that the enemies there are accusing David to himself. That the enemies there telling David all this stuff that I, I said a while ago, you can't be the king. Who are you to worship God? Who are you to, to lead the nation of Israel? Who are you to be a man after God's own heart? You know what you did. You know how you sinned. And David says, against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will prove you, you will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. David is acknowledging his sin. He's acknowledging that he, is, that, that he is in the hands of God. And I'm so thankful that God is merciful and full of grace towards us. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me, and let, and let me, now let me rejoice. Do not keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. We know that Scripture tells us that God throws our sins or casts our sins as far as the east is from the west. Cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. But the accuser comes and reminds us of, reminds us of our sins, reminds us of the things that we've done, and tries to stop us from fulfilling God's purpose and God's plan for our life. And if we ever buy into that, if we ever begin to listen to him, to our accuser, if we ever begin to listen to our enemy, then we're, we're going to be on a path where, where we're just so full of, of self-condemnation that we're, we're not going to get up and we're not, going to, we're not going to fulfill God's purpose for our life. We're not going to lead in ministry or we're not going to uh, do anything for the kingdom of God. But we know that Romans 1 tells us that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a, a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. And that's one of the things that I have to pray about all the time. God, teach me to, to be obedient. 
Teach me what it is to serve you. Teach me what it is. Because it's so easy for me to fail. It's so easy for me to, to, to start doing things the way that Sherwin wants to do things and to be selfish. I've shared with you guys before that, that one, of the, one of the big things that, that I've realized that I struggle with is, is sometimes I'm just selfish. Sometimes I, I want things to be about me. Sometimes I don't want to make the sacrifice that I have to to, to love other people, just, just to be honestly. To show that I love other people. Not to just say that I love other people, but to really show that I love other people. Then I will teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves, and then I will joyfully sing your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, and my mouth will pray, and may my mouth praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken spirit and repent. And a repentant heart, O oh God. See, David knows. David knows what God wants. David knows the heart of God. David knows that God just wants him. Have you ever thought about that? God just wants you. God just wants you. God just wants your heart. He just wants your devotion. He wants your attention. I find, in, I find for me sometimes I'm so distracted by a thousand things that are going on around me at work and in my personal life with friends or family. or, or it, it's, it's so hard to really take time and to focus on God. But that's what He wants. He wants our attention. He wants our hearts. He wants us to be willing to surrender to Him. Surrender is hard. But as we walk with Him and we grow with Him, surrender gets easier and easier. Because as we begin to take on more of, a, of an eternal perspective, and we begin to see things the way that Jesus see, sees things, other stuff just starts to felt, melt and fade away. Look with favor on Zion and, her, and help her. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with the sacrifices and offerings in the right spirit. With burnt offerings and with whole burnt offerings, then bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. So the main, main thing that I wanted to communicate to you this morning, the main point, I kind of already said it, I was wanting to save it till the end, but whether you're on a mountaintop experience or whether you're in a valley, God's there with you and God knows you're there. He is not surprised by anything that happens in your life. We are surprised by circumstances, and we often let circumstances dictate our response to other people and our response to God. But God never changes, and He's going to walk with us through whatever life, come, whatever life brings. Whatever stage of life you're in, whatever stage of your Christian walk that you're in, whether you're a brand new Christian and you're still struggling to, to, to find out who Jesus is and what it, this Christian thing is all about, or whether you've been serving God for 50, 60, 70 years, God is still speaking and He is still bringing revelation and He just wants you. He just wants you. Amen? All right. I love you guys. And I appreciate the opportunity to share with you this morning. 
I, um, I and and I and I love our, our city of refuge family. I I, I, I do. I, I love you guys, and I, uh, I appreciate you letting me hang out with you.